Why did we move? Why do we move? In over 60 episodes, I've talked to many guests about why they move. And in this episode, it's the main event. My mom is back for reflection on the considerations and emotions around moving. We will talk through four different phases of her life, which overlap with mine in a few cases, and how the reasons for moving change. From a young couple, to a family, to a widow with grown children, to retirement, my mom looks back at the great, the grief, and the growth. Check out the show notes on balancingcultures.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content. And if you like what you hear, leave me a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. But let's go ahead and start the conversation. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this is Balancing Cultures. You there? I'm here. So yeah, like I, I left you that message because... It's just been coming up a lot in conversation, this idea of, like, why why do we move? Mm -hmm. But with that, it's not just like, oh, I know this isn't the right place for me. Let me find a new place. There's also when an opportunity comes about, job Mm -hmm. opportunity or change of life or something like this, how do we decide to then take that step, say yes to that opportunity or... What makes us say no to opportunities? Like, what's the whole thought process Mm -hmm. around when and how and why we move? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, you know, I've had conversations with people who, you know, they're, they're kind of one of two mindsets. Like, oh, wow, you sure have moved a lot. You know, I live in the house I grew up in. Or, you know, wow, what adventure and opportunities you had. So... Well, and when I was thinking of, as usual, this is one of those topics where I was like, oh, I could do like a self-reflective episode on this. And then mm-hmm. I thought, you know who's lived this life? My mom. Yeah. Um, and so I thought we could talk through kind of, through the three different kind of big phases of life mm-hmm. where you were making decisions about moving, but who you were in that moment was a different version of yourself. Let me, <laughs> maybe I stopped being so vague. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about basically everything after you graduate university, where your life really becomes your own and you can go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You and dad get married right away. So Mm -hmm. from the start, from the time you graduate university, basically, you're making decisions as a couple. Correct. And so we'll talk about kind of those decisions and the places you've moved. Then the kind of next phase of life is making decisions as a family because you have Matt and me. Mm-hmm. And then the next stage of life where you're making decisions about moving is as a widow, mm-hmm. where you no longer have dependents, you no longer have right. um, a long-term partner that you need to consult with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kind of how then that impacted your decision-making, and like how your decision-making around moving has changed through those different phases of life. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, then we can just get into it, I guess. Okay. You, know, you graduate Penn State. It's you and dad. You both went to Penn State. You're both Pennsylvania kids. You even got married in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yet you didn't stay there. What 
was going into your decision making as you said okay we're both born and born and bred <laughs> Pennsylvania but we're getting out of here <laughs> well you know when you're 22 the world looks very different yeah you know we had graduated with a group of people who were headed in so many different directions yeah. uh, and had big plans and were going to the big cities and and things like that so just from listening to them and having conversations with them, you know, that sounded pretty appealing, especially when you grow up in a really small town like I did. You know, the idea of more of pretty much everything, whether it's restaurants or activity or nightlife, you know, was pretty appealing. Did family come into your decision making at all? Because dad is from, you know, he's one of six, mm -hmm. big family. Mm -hmm. You grew up in a neighborhood surrounded by cousins mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. Italian culture and your grandmother and your great, like everyone was in the same neighborhood. We were in the same block. You're on the same block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did you consider, mm, like everyone else stays? That's the expectation. You stay. Right, right. Right, exactly. And certainly, yeah, I, I worked through, I had to work through some of that. Dad was very excited to move. He never had any intention of staying in Pennsylvania, uh, he, you know, because he had traveled so much. Yeah, he, he studied abroad in high school. Right. Yeah. So for him, you know, uh, Denny's restaurant just wasn't cutting it anymore. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the, the Thursday night special, you know, the friendlies. <laughs> yeah, there was always the option of friendlies. Okay. Um, but again, you know, I think he, he definitely had more of the wanderlust in yeah. him from having traveled so much. Yeah. You know, for me growing up, if you got to Atlantic City, that was the big world. That was a big trip. Mm. And so he was, he was very excited to explore not only moving, but moving to a more um, metropolitan area. Yeah. And I remember the conversation very clearly. Actually, I got the job offer first. I mm. um, had answered, I'd gone to the hub, you know, at Penn State, and they had job listings there. And I was looking through all of the opportunities uh, for back then a speech pathologist, which was my major. And I saw a job in Virginia at a rehabilitation hospital, Lynchburg, Virginia. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, your dad and I were talking about living somewhere else anyway. Uh, so I went ahead and sent my information off. And sure enough, I get a call. We were very excited. It was a beautiful area in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. So dad went down three or four times trying to find a job and could not. Could not find something that was either appealing to him or at the time he was trying to stay within his major, which by the way was foreign service, you know, <laughs> uh, not a lot of, not a lot of foreign service in the mountains of Virginia. And so that's when he got this information about an opportunity in Boston. Yeah. Of course, being naive 22 year olds, again, we're like, Hey, no problem. You know, you go to Boston for now. I'll go to Virginia and then we'll decide which one of those two places we want to live. You know, if, if one or the other of us really, really loved where we were, then we would make this uh, kind of stronger effort to get employment where, where, you know, our choice of living was. So that's what we did. 
He had it off to Boston. I had it off to Virginia. And um, Boston won. (laughs) (laughs) Big surprise. (laughs) You know, after a year there, we were married and I packed up my things and I moved up to Boston. Do you think if you would have been married first, you still would have done the split jobs? Oh, no. No. No, not at all. No. No, that's because we were kind of in that wedding planning phase and and you know we were really much we had very much a what the heck attitude at the time yeah why not why not let's just do it this way yeah but i'm asking because i think with each phase right you were engaged mm-hmm. but you weren't yet married mm-hmm. you had a little bit more flexibility in your decision making right Absolutely. but then once you were married you were committed to we are going to live in the same city correct yeah, yeah. So off to Boston I go, and, you know, we had a great time in Boston. Um, Enjoyed living there, enjoyed the city, did a lot of exploration in the whole New England area. It was exactly an eight-hour drive back home where the family was. So it still offered us that independence and a bit of uh, distance that we were looking for, for you know, to establish our our family and our life yet we could hop in the car and be back here in eight hours yeah so you know kind of the the best of both worlds but you didn't stay in boston forever you actually got an opportunity to go more than an eight-hour drive away from family actually a flight away from family so what happened there yes yes so while living in the boston area um dad had an opportunity to kind of get out of the restaurant management business and into very early high tech this is when you know it was still pretty ground level getting ready to really launch as a huge industry yeah this is early late 70s early 80s this is 1980 and um so he took that opportunity with a young startup computer company, and one year into it, he's offered this opportunity because of his multi-language ability. They wanted him to go to Frankfurt, Germany to, um, you know, a plant that they were opening there. I still remember the day he came home and he says, what do you think about living in Germany? And my <laughs> reaction was, I'll miss you. <laughs> And, uh, but sure enough, okay, like Boston, Germany won. And, um, but how, how did he, because that's, that's not just moving to the next state or the next city or going to the suburbs. Like, how did you guys decide to go to a different country where, okay, he spoke German, Mm -hmm. but you didn't speak German? No, no. Well, I think because he was a foreign service major, this was very appealing to him as kind of getting to, exercise that information. You know, it it wasn't a foreign service job, but it was foreign. (laughs) um, And for me, you know, I was kind of along for the ride at that point. I was not deep seated in a career. Yeah. You know, certainly we, we talked a lot about all the opportunities for travel while there, because, you know, as, as a young couple, again, we couldn't afford to go on a European vacation at the time. But this would have this would allow us to, you know, explore Europe and, and some of those places on a, a real budget. And you did. I've seen some of the albums and photos. You guys went to the Netherlands, you went to Italy. Oh yeah. You did all France, sorts of things. France twice. Yeah. 
So we did get to do all of those things very young and early in his career. Yeah. Uh, because this uh, this little high-tech company, this one little job, really launched, you know, kind of a, a hundred other opportunities that came came later. It's interesting to look at in retrospect and see that really was a pivot point in all of our lives, that mm-hmm. you guys said yes to Germany right. and to him joining this type of career field. Right. Because then he rode that for a long time. And little did we know at the time, at that at that time, that what also came along with a high tech, I'll call it a lifestyle, was the not just the opportunity, but sometimes the requirement to move. Yeah. So there's there's kind of that there that's part of this whole story. Yeah. People ask me, or when they hear my story that I lived in so many states or moved a bunch, they say, mm-hmm. "Oh, military," and I go, mm-hmm. "No, tech." Mm-hmm. Yeah, high tech. And you know, here's the thing, like, I I always get a sense that there's a bit of a stigma that that people, they won't say directly to you, but there's kind of an undertone like, oh, you sure have moved a lot. Mm. But yet, you know, and they're all for economic reasons. You know, most moves, probably 99% are for job opportunity, economic reasons. But people in the military, which is also a job opportunity, economic decision, don't get that same reaction. Mm. Like if I would say, yeah, yeah. You know, one of my parents was in the military. They go, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then that's totally oh, good. justified. <laughs> but that's kind of the attitude, you know, if it's, yeah. if it's not a military move, then, oh gosh, were you just not happy where you were? Yeah. yeah. Which isn't the case. No. Well, I can think of one move that wasn't 100% job or economic, well, maybe a little economic related, and that's what took you away from Germany and back to the U.S. You had a condition. Yes, I kind of had a condition, but I could have had that condition of pregnancy in Germany. Um, What happened was when um, dad, along with uh, three other co-workers, we all went over together, you know, four couples were sent, you know, to Germany. Uh, it was only a one-year contract. Ah, okay. And then we all came back at the same time. Ah, okay. I just happened to come back pregnant, very <laughs> pregnant. Would you have had Matthew in Germany? Did you feel comfortable with that? Oh, yes. I went through all of my prenatal care in Germany. Yeah. I, I had a really nice um, obstetrician there. I felt I had very good care. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I would have. Okay. So then actually pregnancy, I always was under the impression that the reason Mm -hmm. you all came back to the U.S. was because you wanted to have Matthew in the States. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. No, no. Our contract was up. And so we're sent back here and dad goes back to the same company in Massachusetts that, that sent him to Germany. But you don't stay again. You don't stay in Massachusetts. Right. Much longer. So what, right. What, decision came up then? Well, as a, you know, a, a very, about to be a very young family, we really felt the urge uh, to have a home, to buy a house, to own yeah. a home. And the prices in Boston were just out of our reach. They were so expensive. So we looked into just going north across the border uh, to New Hampshire, where the home prices were half, half of what they were 
in the Boston area. And dad would commute. Yeah. Um, you know, again, back then you're like, oh, an hour, no big deal. <laughs> was that was that typical? Yes. It was very typical. A lot of young people who wanted to get those first homes or just have a more affordable life uh, would live uh, just across the border in New Hampshire and commute into Boston. That was very typical. And that's where I was born. That's where my second condition came about. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I am the ultimate condition. (laughs) And at this point, I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. You know, uh, I was, you know, since Matthew was born and then you, because New Hampshire was more affordable, you know, I was able to stay at home. And dad uh, was climbing the corporate ladder, you know, kind of as planned uh, a little bit at a time. And he would keep getting either a promotion or a new position or even a new job. High tech really mixed and matched a lot of their employees. Like between companies. Yes, between companies and kind of either lateral moves or promotions. And, you know, I think because it was a rather new world, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of an industry, they were finding their own way also. And so people were constantly changing jobs and changing companies. And it was not unusual to work for three companies in a year. Mm. Which is not typical of even just the previous generation. Correct. Correct. But that was early high tech. That's just how it was. Do you think that's another reason why people maybe found it strange that you and dad as a non-military family were moving as often as a military family? Because typically, even your parents' generation, so one step back, had one job, had one career, and you stuck to it? Oh, absolutely. Your grandparents were horrified. Yeah, absolutely horrified. They didn't understand why dad just didn't go to Sears after college and work in the paint department because you got profit sharing and make that a career. Did they think he couldn't hold down a job? Um, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> most people are kind of polite and don't put it out there. But oh, yeah, I think they saw this as, you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Now, let me tell you the, the, the flip side of the high-tech industry at the time, which is something that led to another move, and nothing we were expecting, you know, when um, dad first decided to go down this path of career, are layoffs. Layoffs, yeah. And they were happening fast and furiously because a lot of these tiny little startup companies didn't last. Mm. They didn't have either the customer base or the productivity that they needed or whatever. So layoffs happened among all of our friends and us quite often. And at one point when we're living in New Hampshire and you're about three, yeah, dad is laid off again. And this time could not find another job in the area. One, high tech had become saturated very quickly. Two or three years, it was a saturated market. You know, because like anything, everyone flocked to it. Yeah. So it was very hard. It was very competitive. So at that time, we're now about six months into hmm, no paychecks, you know? And you're you're a stay-at-home mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom. So it makes you really reevaluate your entire situation. And so 
crazy or not, we made a decision that, well, one, there's no jobs here. And we had done some exploring. Remember, this is before internet yeah, and before home computers. Yeah. There was none of that. So the way that you kind of got to see where the job market was a little uh, better and all that was literally by subscribing to newspapers in other areas. Uh, and like searching the yes. ads. Yes. Yeah. You didn't <laughs> hop on Google or Monster or, you know, or any of those. Uh, there was no such thing. But then how, because I know where you end up. We'll get mm-hmm. to that in a second. Mm-hmm. How do you decide, okay, which newspapers are you going to subscribe to? Do you just hit up all the the big metropolitan areas? Our decision on where to hit up newspapers was a very simple one, warm weather. Because we thought if we could just cut down on our fuel costs, uh, if we could just go to warmer weather, we're at least not going to have the huge expense of heating a home. Do you think conversations around like the costs of oil and heating a house and all these things. Do you think you started talking about those type of things more as a family than when you were a couple? Do you think these things were more concerning to you and more kind of front of mind? Oh yeah. They were, they were more concerning when you didn't have an income. Yeah. Much more. And so we really were starting to think about basic needs You know, it was housing, it was heating a home, it was the cost of food, uh, it was the cost of everything. And so we were also looking for an area that was much more affordable. And at the time, you know, um, Texas, Arizona, Hmm. we knew we couldn't afford California. So that's where we started getting papers from. And at this time, because you've got two young kids, Mm -hmm. Matt is... Five, I'm three. Three and five, yes. What considerations are you making for how all of this impacts us? Well, we are certainly looking at schools. Yeah. Um, We were looking at school ratings and overall lifestyle. You know, we wanted to move to a place that met our financial considerations, but also we felt would be a nice environment to raise children in. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to be in a big urban city. We didn't want to be in an area that was known for crime and that had a good reputation. Their school districts had a good reputation. So now those those considerations shift. You know, they shifted from just the two of us and oh gosh, we'd love to live in the middle of the city. Exactly. <laughs> and have all these great restaurants and all that to now what's a nice suburban area that has a nice school. And so that's why Austin, Texas was our next location. Uh, You know, again, we're balancing close enough to a large city, uh, just in case we wanted to, you know, have have those things like museums and zoos and music and and all of that, Um, along with some really nice suburban areas. And Austin was a young up and coming area. Home prices were still very affordable. Developments were popping up all all over the place. You know, it was everywhere. So that was very appealing to us. And it was warmer weather. A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. So we we end up there. We were able to build a home. Yeah, I remember. And um, it took dad about six months to find a job there. So, whoa, whoa, stop. Mm-hmm. 
You moved there without a job? Without either of us, yeah. Mm -hmm. You just said that place seems nice? Yes, that that place. Yes, exactly. I was able to get a job right when we moved there uh, at a mall. At Lens Crafters. crafters. Yes. (laughs) And so I went to work and dad, you know, got you guys to school. And I also worked the night shift when the census came out. There was a midnight to 7 a.m. shift that I worked. And I would get home, get you up and get you ready for school, go to bed in time to go to Lens Crafters before I went to my, my night shift at the Census Bureau. I remember you working at Lens Crafters because I remember mm-hmm. Dad brought us by to see you one time. I was yeah, that, at the mall. so funny. So I kind of did those two jobs until Dad was able to find something. And then Dad found something that then really impacted our life long term. Yes. Dad started working for Apple. Yes. And again, on the early side of their development, they were just starting to build customer service centers. Yeah. You know, they had gotten big enough where now they have to have, um, you know, an entire division that handled their customer needs, which totally changed the trajectory of our lives. Yeah. And so we, we build this house where, in my mind, we're staying there. We had a great neighborhood, as you can recall. Well, I have a memory. Can Tell me if I'm correct on this. So mm-hmm. before we build that house, we're like in a townhouse with like brown exterior. Yes, yes. Turtle Creek townhomes. Yes. Yeah, that was while the house was being built. But then, yeah, I remember we, we build this house mm-hmm. and we are one of the very first houses on the block. We're the corner mm-hmm. lot. Yep. And then everyone just kind of starts building up around us and then I still, because a friend of mine actually moved back, mo- was living here in Munich, um, and they moved to Austin. And when they were making the decision, because it was for a job opportunity, neither of them is from there, mm-hmm. I said, let me tell you, some of my best childhood memories are from growing up in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gave us, with that neighborhood, because it was all young families. It was. A bunch of kids, and it was just like having all the cousins. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't live near family. Right. But it was like having just all these cousins around that you can just run outside and play with. Right. right. We had 13 families and 26 kids on a cul-de-sac. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. And, you know, we I just thought this is where is it gonna, we're going to be. We'll be. The kids will graduate from high school here. Yeah. Um, I felt very settled there. I loved the, the my neighbors. You know, in fact, we're still friends with. Yeah. Uh, some of those people. It has really been some lifelong friendships. And um, it was a good move. Uh, even though we were further from our, our roots and our family, everything else, all the other boxes were ticked off. So there we are until one day, <laughs> again, with the high-tech industry, sometimes the choices are yours. Well, the choices are always yours. However, um, when they want you in another location because of either your skill set or whatever, whatever, you have the choice of going or no job. Yeah. Again, something I wasn't prepared for. And so Apple asks us to move to California because they're building their huge campus. Exactly. Exactly. They wanted him at headquarters, which is a good thing. I mean, that was very um, complimentary, you know, to your dad 
that yeah. they they wanted him at the um, headquarters in the San Jose area. Um, but I was just completely, you know, horrified. One, the thought of moving my children to California, and at the time that was really seen as the the big sin bin of the world. <laughs> um, you know, that, that was very scary. You know, and uh, and moving away from all of these friends we had made and, um, you know, just a really lovely home that we lived in. And, and I can say from my perspective that I don't remember the move from New Hampshire to Texas. Mm -hmm. I I have memories from New Hampshire and then I have very wonderful memories from Texas, but I don't remember any of the mental or emotional side of the move. And I was four. Mm -hmm. But the move from Texas to California was really heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I wonder what that was like for you as the mm-hmm. mom. Like, do you remember that? Do you, mm-hmm. did you see that in Matt and I, that we were having a hard time with that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think we all did. And, you know, for dad, and I think at the time, most husbands, fathers, men, I always said their life changed very little. He still went to work. He went to work for the same company the next day. Um, you know, but it really impacted all of us. Here we were. I had to get you guys settled in a school, a new school in a new place with strangers surrounding us. And that was, yeah, I would say that was the most difficult move was that one. Just because listeners don't know all the details, we did this mid-school year. Mm-hmm. I was in fourth grade. Matt was in fifth. Right, right. And so... And the big clincher there was, I go to register you guys at school, and I'm told... <laughs> they don't have a place for both of they us. They don't have a place for both of us. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. We ended up at different schools. Different schools. I mean, that was the icing on the cake that just about put me over the edge. I just was so completely devastated by that, that you were in different schools. So we couldn't then rely on, rely on and support each other. It's not like Mm -hmm. I can say, oh, I'll see Matthew on the playground. Right. I, yeah, for me, that move was, was really tough. And in the end, it was the right decision for a lot of reasons. As we're sitting there after a very rough move and not necessarily loving our life in California at the mm-hmm. time, were you hoping for the next job opportunity? Were you hoping dad would just come home and be like, and we're off too? Um, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It took me several years to kind of gel with California, which might sound weird to a lot of people because, you know, they see it so differently. They, they see it, California as exciting and beautiful and, um, yeah. All of these things, uh, but that just wasn't the case for us for quite a while. Yes, I was I was kind of always hoping, you know, oh gosh, maybe there'll be something that takes us back to the East Coast or, or something like that. But he was he was very established at Apple. He was having great opportunities there and um yeah. which, you know, one thing I, I really appreciate about the ge- the generation of young people now. That is just not the priority. You know, this was a, back then, you know, in the 80s, that's where it was at. You know, if you were not constantly seeking that next promotion, uh, 
or that next elevation in in salary, um, then you were kind of you know lazy and you know not providing and whatever. But now it's like people have finally decided to reprioritize all of that and take into consideration the great neighborhood that we're living in or the the friends we've made and this and this and that and maybe turn down those offers. Well, I know of at least one offer that you guys did turn down. We did have an opportunity to move to Europe as a family, to Germany. We did. Yeah, from California. What happened there? Well, because I saw, I observed really how hard the move to California was on on both of you, I just said, you know, no, we're we're not going to put them through that again. You were established in a school together. I said Europe would have to come after you guys were out of the house. And, you know, we were we were good with that decision at that time. It would have been a great promotion. And uh, we just thought, no, we, we couldn't do it. Couldn't do it to you guys. And what about the times? Because, like you said, in the tech industry, layoffs happen. Mm-hmm. And for those who know anything about the history of Apple computers, they had a really big layoff session. Mm-hmm. 90s. Yes. yes. In the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And dad was a part of that. He was yeah, made redundant. Right. And back then it was called getting a pink slip. Yeah. So dad got and his pink slip. Got his pink slip. Yep. And then yeah. he was seeking work. We know now he ends up working for a bunch of other companies, including Siemens, which is so funny because they're like around the corner from me now. Yeah. <laughs> but always, But always on a consultant basis. He was never... After Apple, he was never a full-time, it benefited employee. He was always a, a consultant with these companies. Well, then that makes my question even more kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. My question is, like, did you ever consider then seeking a new place? I think at that, again, we were not going to move until you were out of school. I was teaching. I was established as a, as a teacher at that school. Yeah. Uh, you know, my career is finally kind of launched. And um, no, at that time, we did not. So it was find work here or... Yes. <laughs> yes. Or yes. find work here. <laughs> and remember, a lot of the family had migrated to that area. So interestingly enough, we were around a lot of family. Yeah. It was a weird twist. It was suddenly all the Pennsylvanians moved to California. Ended up in California. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, we stayed there. It was above our income ability. Um, It was very tight financially. Um, But, you know, we were really committed to getting you guys through high school. Yeah. Um, we're going to transition to mm-hmm. the next chapter of life. Are you ready for that? Do you want to take a sip of water? Uh, yeah, hang on. I've actually got my coffee right here. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So I'm still in high school. Matthew's just gone off to university. I've told this story in a previous episode about myself, um, that dad unexpectedly passes away. He was 45 years old. So it was completely unexpected. I'm a senior in high school. So I'm in my last year of high school. You and dad had said, like you've said a few times now, we want her, we want our kids to get through high school and then we'll consider a move. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but then this big life event happens. Right. Which then puts all of the decision making on your shoulders. Correct. And so while I'm still in the house, we do end up moving one more time before I go to university. So what went into that decision making to leave our, our family home? Well, of course, as if the event of losing your dad wasn't big enough, yeah, wasn't life-changing enough and devastating enough, I then had to really take a look at the numbers yeah. of what could we afford on my salary alone. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I go back to the fact that, you know, dad was not a, a, a an employee uh, with benefits or anything at any company at the time. So he was doing consultancy. Right. And there was nothing. There was no money coming from there. There were no benefits, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to take a look at what, you know, how could, how, how could I provide for this family with being a teacher? Yeah. All right. And, um, the house, of course, you take a look at what it costs to just keep a house and a mortgage and all of those and realize, you know, could not do it. And so made the decision to one, sell the home for financial reasons and look for something smaller, more affordable. And the second part of that is closer to work. Yeah. Um, and so was able to find a little townhome literally down the hill from the school. You could hear the church bells because the school was next to a church. Right. We and were, you could hear the church bells at our new right. home. We were less than a mile. Yeah. I remember that. Um, and so, yeah, we we kind of left that home. And I, I really feel by the time we did that, that, that we really did consider that neighborhood our, our home. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that move? I mixed feelings. Because, I mean, it wasn't like we were bo born and raised in one house our whole life. Mm -hmm. I think that if anyone listening or anyone you know has gone through that where, you know, there's the family loss. Someone has died and for financial reasons you need to move and that has been your home your whole life. I can't imagine what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. But I had a different type of attachment to that house because it's the last place we were all a family. Right. It's the last place right. we celebrated Christmas all together, mm -hmm. you know? And even then, after Dad died, it was the first place that we had Thanksgiving together because he died at the beginning of November. Right, right. And then at the end of November, we invited everyone who was available to come over for a big, big Thanksgiving. And we typically didn't host Thanksgiving, but it seemed appropriate at the time. Mm -hmm. um, we're more Christmassy people. But it was this this strange transition that we went through where it was like the last place we were family. And it was the first place that we were this new type of family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. And then we had to say goodbye to this place that had such that like had been present for such a big moment for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. So mm -hmm. I never cry <laughs> on the air. Um, I think something that was also hard for me that you and Matt didn't experience was um, it's the last place I saw dad. Right. Yeah. Because I was the one that was there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was hard. 
to yeah. say goodbye. So that house has a lot of significance for you. Yeah. Even now, I remember we went back to California. Oh, when was it? I can't remember. And my friend, um, my friend Jason, who was there that day, he's the one that drove me to the hospital that day. Um, he still knows how to get to that house, you know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. my husband was there for this California trip, and he said, "Oh, let's go swing by the old neighborhood." And so, even for him, as like my best friend at the time, mm-hmm. it's significant. And he knew that, like. I, we don't live there anymore. I don't even know who lives there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still, like, worth driving by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, our, like, adoptive sister, you know, who we took in in high school, mm-hmm. she was she's in, back in California now, and she posted a picture recently of her standing in front of the house. Right, right. Because it was still significant for her. Like, that house was the place... Where a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, it really did. It really so, did. So for me, that was really hard to say goodbye to that house and to say yes to that move. Even though I knew in a couple months' time, in less than a year, I'm off to university. hmm Yeah. And I knew, I think like you did when you were at university, like, I'm not likely to come back to this town and, like, live here forever or move back home. Like, I'm definitely mm-hmm. not moving back into the house. Right. So right. I knew that within a year I was going to be saying goodbye to that house as a resident anyways. Right. Which maybe helped with like my my feelings on the other side like this is why we need to say goodbye. This is why it doesn't quote mm-hmm. doesn't matter if we say goodbye. Like mm-hmm. it's not nothing was going to be forever. Nothing is forever. Right. Right. That's very true. But it was still it was still hard to say this is the right move, even though all, like, on paper, everything made sense. Like, of course we need to sell the house. We need money. We need this. Mm -hmm. Downsizing makes sense. You're not even going to live here. But sometimes that doesn't matter. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I I hated to have to make financial decisions just based on finances, um, where, you know, we had to set aside the emotion or the relationships, or all of that. And, you know, I even kind of got angry a few times that the sole determiner was money. Yeah. Like, we would have stayed in that house if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We said it was because, oh, it would be too much house for you to handle, and Mm -hmm. all the other things. Like, we came up with a list of reasons. Right. But it was money. It was money. Absolutely. Well, since then, you know, you you moved into the next stage of life. That first move outside of the family home was the hardest. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'll say because it was the last one I was involved in. Right. Since then, you know, you were like a single woman, not mm-hmm. in like the party sense, but in the responsibility <laughs> sense. Well, you I don't know. know. It could have been the party sense. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, you ended up moving several times mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. So you left California. You went to Arizona. You went to Florida. You went to mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And not that we need to hear the details of every single move, but as a, quote, single woman, mm-hmm. how did the decision-making change 
as you approached these different moves mm-hmm. compared to when you were a mom, when you were a wife? Mm-hmm. What was different for you? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as I reflect back on those things also, certainly I, uh, you know, the only thing I had to consider, well, that's not true. But at the at the time, it was like, okay, I don't have to think about schools. I don't have to think about neighborhood dynamics. I, you know what I mean? The only thing I had to really think about was finances and having a job and keeping going kind of a yeah. thing. Was that a weird feeling to be like, I have one, one thing? <laughs> yeah, I had one job. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and that was also, uh, you know, big transitions for us because you guys were off to college and then you, uh, you know, you and Matthew had both decided to live in different places. And so there was a lot of changes in the family in terms of I now have young adults yeah, and still trying to pull everybody together for holidays and, you know, all of that. There's kind of all of that going on. But my jobs became less about economics and more about discovery. Mm. And I still ask myself, what was I trying to discover? Was I trying to discover what made me content? Was I looking for the elusive, perfect situation that I would be happy in? Was I trying to discover my best job situation or, or, you know, long before the term living my best life became popular? I think in the back of my mind, I was trying to decide what would that look like? What would my best life look like? Where would it be? What would the job, what would the job be? What would the house be? Before this moment, when was the last uh, decision solely for yourself? Oh, gosh. I was, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I went from being uh, under my parents making decisions for me to then making decisions with your dad. So it was scary. I don't know that I quite knew what to do with myself. Do you think that's one of the reasons, you know, this like discovery phase you were going through and also not really knowing what to do with yourself is why you ended up moving several times? Right. It was kind of like, let's try this now. Yeah. Oh, I heard that, uh, you know, there's beautiful weather here. Or I heard that uh, there's this great job there, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And yeah, that kind of generated generated some moves. Certainly job opportunities were always the basis because at the end of the day, you have to be able to live. You, you need money. You need money. And, you know, I had some lovely job opportunities in there. But now, no. now you're retired and on the mm-hmm. edge of retirement, you made the decision mm-hmm. to actually move back. Back home. Back to where you were born and bred, mm-hmm. where yeah, you were yeah. raised. Yep. You're back in Pennsylvania. Yep. And very close to where I was born and um, reconnected with friends that I've had since kindergarten. It feels right. It feels um, I've come full circle. And, you know, I took a long road getting there. I wouldn't say that I regretted anything because all of those moves, regardless of where people move or the circumstances or when, it all plays a part in kind of their big picture, whether it was making a connection with certain people or learning something new. Sometimes it teaches you what you don't want. Mm. 
which is just as important. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of silly to say this, but you know, when Facebook came about and I'm, you know, connecting with people, I realized I really literally have friends around the world and around the whole U S because of those experiences. Do you ever have what if thoughts about the moves we did or didn't take? Oh, constantly. Even now, even now, you know, once you know you can't do anything about it, you cannot hit the reset button, you can't have a redo. I often think, uh, I say what if often. Yeah. Yeah. But no regrets. (sighs) I would probably still, well, no, because regrets mean no growth happened or nothing positive happened. And I would, I would say even the move to California still came with opportunity and growth. Yeah. And I didn't say it earlier. I made it sound like I had a horrible experience in California. In the end, I loved California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a very yeah. rough start. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I, you have to really zoom out. You have to zoom way mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and see the whole picture. But it's hard to do sometimes. You look at – you nitpick life – and you nitpick yourself and the decisions that you made. And I think I'm feeling this especially as a parent, mm-hmm. as we make decisions about to move or to not move. You know, what's right? Mm-hmm. But you're happy in Pennsylvania for now? I am. Um, you know, this is, you know, where where I began and it's familiar. I think the older you get, familiarity is becomes very important. Hmm. And even if it's a smell or an, you know, an old grocery store or a, you know, I'll still drive through some streets in Hershey and remember that used to be the corner drugstore or here's where I played tennis or here's, you know, that type of thing. And even though those things were so long ago and I'm a much different person now, there's a comfort that comes in, a a feeling, because it's familiar. And that's something that was new for your decision-making, something that you didn't necessarily care about when you were 22 and moving to Boston. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. We were looking for, you know, life in the fast lane at that time, and sitting on the front porch with your great aunt was not it. But it is now. It is now. Is it ever. A big thank you to my mom for sharing her story and joining me for a retrospection on why we moved. Now I need to ask myself, why do I move? Because even once I was independent, I kept moving. And I'm currently preparing for another move. But I'll tell you about that in another episode. For now, check out the show notes on balancingcultures.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content. And if you like what you hear, leave me a tip through Buy Me a Coffee. Link on the website. Thank you for listening. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. Megan Kitchen.